The Productive Woman, Episode 174. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to share this episode with you. I am going to be sharing my conversation with best-selling author and world-renowned speaker, Liz Curtis Higgs. You'll find more information about Liz along with links to resources she recommends, uh, the books she writes, and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 174. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, which is a great online accounting software that can help you get your business's finances under control. I use it myself. It's been absolutely wonderful for me and for what I need it for. Uh, They are offering you as a Productive Woman listener a free 30-day all-access trial so you can put it through its paces and find out just how usable and how really helpful it can be. Uh, I encourage you, if you're a freelancer, you have a small business or a solopreneur, check it out, try what it offers, and you can do that by visiting freshbooks.com slash woman. FreshBooks is not only easy to use, but it's very powerful. It's got all the stuff you need to manage your business finances. They have streamlined essential business actions like creating, sending, and tracking invoices, tracking your time and your expenses, uh, and the transfer of funds received through FreshBooks into your bank account. FreshBooks makes it incredibly simple for your clients or customers to pay you online simply by clicking on a button in the invoice they receive, which that means you get paid quicker. Uh, FreshBooks is just a great tool for managing your business finances. I encourage you to check it out. As I said, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the Productive Woman listeners. To claim it, you just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Okay, so now let's get into my conversation with Liz Curtis Higgs. I am really excited to welcome to the Productive Woman podcast, Liz Curtis Higgs. Liz is a best-selling author and an in-demand speaker at women's conferences all over the world. She's also wife to Bill and mom to two grown children, and I have been looking forward for some time to talking with her about how she manages her own life and what suggestions she might have for the rest of us. So welcome, Liz. What a blessing to be with you. Thank you. Well, I'm just delighted. We were having a fun little chat before uh, before we started recording, and, and uh, I could have just chatted with you forever, but I thought, well, you know, we're kind of here for a reason today. <laughs> um, so... I, you know, gave a little bit of a of an intro to who you are, but maybe you could, for those of my listeners who maybe don't know who you are, um, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever you think uh, we might like to know about you? 
Oh, it's kind. Well, um, yeah, I am not a household word. So if people are scratching their heads and saying, Liz Curtis Higgs, do I know this name? Well, you might or you might not, but I have been out there a while. About 35 years, I've been speaking uh, around the world and started as a speaker, got into writing uh, exactly 25 years ago. Next year is my 25th year as a published author. So we're going to do a little celebrating in silver next year. And uh, it is my delight to write and speak. And I love them both. I'm often asked if you could only do one. And I always cringe because it's like, don't ask me to pick. <laughs> love love to put words on the page because you can take your time and choose carefully and shape them and polish them. But speaking is just the opposite. You better pick your words before you get up there. But once they start flowing out of your mouth, baby, that's what they're going to be. And you can't edit and you can't fix and you can't change. You can't even undo. You can correct. uh, But that's never very effective on the platform. So um, it's a more free form way of communication. And I love them both. They both have just different skill sets, really, and um, different outcomes. The hard thing about speaking is you throw it out there and it's literally gone forever, unless someone taped it or whatever, but um, it is a single work, whereas the beauty of the written word is it can be uh, shelved, saved, passed on, read again and again, given as gifts for years, decades even, and and there's a real joy in that. So so love them both, honored to... uh, be starting my own radio show in 2018. Super excited about that just because, yeah, I did radio um, for 10 years um, as a disc jockey. Um, We like to call ourselves radio personalities, Laura, but the (laughs) truth is I was a disc jockey. (laughs) If there's music involved, you're a jock. But uh, but that was fun. Took me town to town, up and down the dial uh, before I got into speaking from that and then writing. So um, I've enjoyed all those careers. Of course, my favorite still is Mother Of, um, though I'm very much graduated from that gig. But um, you're never quite done, which is what I love about mothering. Mothering adult children, you're still mother. And I tell my kids, all right, I'm putting my mother hat on right now. (laughs) So they're prepared. Yeah, I I agree with you. you it never ends um, that mothering thing. I my kids are all grown now. We we still have one left at home, who's finishing up college and and preparing to apply to medical school. But he's you know twenty something, and we hardly see him. Nevertheless, I'm still mom. And when he had his wisdom teeth out, I was the one there, you know, <laughs> feeding him the milkshake and the pain pills and stuff. And and <laughs> no matter where they go or how old they get. Um, you're still mom to them. So that's pretty And fun. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. You know, I, I really am. It was it was my favorite job. So I'm I'm grateful I can still hold my hand up on that one. And a uh, happy wife of 31 years. So, you know, I'm I am a very grateful woman that I've gotten to do so many things and Lord willing, we'll get to do them for another decade or two before we're done. Yeah. I mean you've you've traveled all over the world speaking, haven't you? Yeah, 15 countries. I mean, that's hardly the world. There's a lot more countries I will never get to, but um, it is a joy to um, look into the eyes and hearts of audiences and understand the differences, which are delicious and wonderful, um, and then the similarities, which are also lovely. Yeah. Um, never want to throw out the cultural differences. They're what make us unique, and I. it's my job to learn their country, not their job to figure out what it's like to be an American. Um, but it, it is, uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to travel for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're here, of course, to talk about productivity. And as, as you and I chatted about a little bit, at The Productive Woman, we define productivity a little bit differently than maybe some people do. It's about more than checking things off a to-do list. It's about getting the things done that are important and making a life that matters. And so that's what this show's about. That's what you've come to talk about, about some of the ways that you do those things, that you get the things done that are important to you and um, make a life that matters as you define it. And Every, uh, I think it's helpful for us as we get into that conversation about what works for you, what hasn't worked, to have a little context for the kinds of things that you do. So if there is such a thing for you, <laughs> what, what would be a typical day for Liz Curtis Higgs? Yeah, I giggled when I saw that question because I thought, I will bet every person says I don't have a typical day. Um, But, you know, we do in many ways have one. My typical day, though, you'll get two choices. There's the Monday through Thursday typical day or the Friday, Saturday, Sunday typical day because I speak on the weekends. So weekends are traveling and they have their own rhythm to them. Monday through Thursday are home writing days. So let's talk about one of those. Like today happens to be. All right. First of all, I'm doing a high protein, low carb kind of life these days. And um, so first thing up for me when I get up in the morning is a good breakfast. Now you're thinking, oh, that's really interesting, Liz. (laughs) But it's, it's interesting how when I didn't do that, I'd spend all morning eating all the wrong food. Mm. And so for me, it's being very intentional, taking the time to actually cook those eggs and all of that and and have a really nice filling breakfast so I don't need to think about food again until noon. That's one important step for me. Um, Getting dressed is another one. And I... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure your people are going, um, getting dressed. You have to put this on your schedule. I don't have to put it on the list, but I do think about, don't laugh, the night before what I'm going to wear when I get up. So there's no thought about it in the morning. There it is. It's hanging on the end of the row of clothes. We're going to put it on, shower before, obviously, if necessary, and get on with the day. I've uh, been caught too many times writing here at home with the UPS guy and I'm in my pajamas. So <laughs> we try and try and get that those little details of life so that by, oh, 8.30 or so, I am at my desk, fed, dressed, and in my right mind and uh, and ready to tackle whatever the day holds. I do have an ongoing uh, to-do list, as it were, a schedule for each day. I wish I could tell you it was in some high-tech version um, the truth is, it's a Word document. How boring is that? Uh, but it just works for me, so whatever. You know, we don't have to apologize about our, our techies. Right. Uh, but what I love about it is I look at what I have for the day. Certain things are in boldface. That means don't even think about taking this off the list. And other things are not, and they can be moved around, moved ahead, whatever. Um, sometimes, you know, a day begins and something blows up. I mean, you had a plan and now the plan is out the window because a friend has called, a child has called, uh, a cat got sick, whatever happens. And suddenly we need to push our plans aside and, and add this new, far more critical item to the list. Um, I don't freak out about that. It's like, that's fine. This list is so easily adjusted. Maybe that's why I like the word document approach because, 
you know, delete. It's just easy. You don't have to worry about it or move it. Uh, it, It's not, it doesn't require you to jump through any special hoops. Um, I can never see myself, Laura, using a a printed, a book like, oh, and they are so gorgeous, the Blue blue Sky Planners or whatever, where it's actually in something, in a calendar or printed anything. Right. Um, Yeah. Wow. Because it would be such a mess and be the neatness side of me always likes things to look tidy. So, um, so that won't be happening for me. But um, anyway, so we get things done and we have the joy, yes, of taking them off the list. But I like the fact that each day begins weighing what it is I have on there. And for me, what is most productive is the one that will bless the most people. Hmm. So um, if it's something to make Liz happy here at the Liz house, that's a nice thing. But if it is something like a Facebook post, and I post every morning really early, actually, I post the night before to go live at 3 a.m. So my West Coast people, when they start the day on their forum, always a photo with words, always something encouraging. Um, that matters to me. I know it sounds crazy. It's like Facebook matters. But I have been doing it for years and consistently always with a daily positive something. And um I have, you know, about 92,000 people, I guess, that, that uh, track along with me. And and uh, they do say, Liz, I go look for your Facebook post first thing in the morning. So something for Liz or something for those wonderful women, I'm going to do it for them first before I'm going to do it for me. So that at the end of the day, if Liz didn't get the Liz thing done, but she did get done something that helped somebody else, that just makes, that just seems more productive to me, more valuable. Um, and so, uh, so we get the stuff done on the list or we don't, I don't beat myself up like I used to. Um, I think one of the delights of maturing, I never use the word aging or getting older, (laughs) but the delight of maturing to me is understanding the big picture, which is that so many of these things that we thought were do or die critical had to happen, had to be accomplished um, in the grand scheme are not that important. Loving the people in your life, loving the people who cross your path, um, being a positive influence, um, putting yourself aside in favor of others. Those kind of things are actually what matters. Someday they're going to drop this body in a pine box. Nobody's going to look over the box and say, wow, look at that. She finally got down to a size 12. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nobody's going to say, oh, you know, she always dressed well or don't you love her hairstyle or some of the stuff we waste a phenomenal amount of time on. What people will say about us in the end is how much we loved, how much we cared, how much we did for others. That's what they talk about at funerals. And as I mature, I go to more funerals than I do baby christenings. (laughs) And um, really, it's what you do for others that counts. And so... Um, the more I can focus on that, uh, the more peace I have in my heart at the end of the day. Now, I did mention something to you before we got uh, into our podcast together, Laura, and that is the fact that I was diagnosed with cancer six months ago. Boy, you talk about something that was not on the to-do list. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And not just the you know the actual nitty-gritty of the thing, but the doctor visits and the chemo that takes a full day. 
It's like, here's a seven hour day comes right out of your schedule um, every three weeks. All of that kind of stuff, you know, I didn't quote, have time for it. But it's interesting. If it needs to happen, you suddenly, you have time for it. Isn't that amazing? It's like who, I have three out of the four Monday through Thursdays this week, I have a doctor appointment. Ridiculous. I don't have time for this. But you make time and you use the time well. I try and uh, use that drive to the doctor time and back as um, kind of a wonderful uh, visit time with a friend on the phone. It's like I'm not wasting this time in the car. We're going to make this productive, make it useful. Um, It also helps you prioritize like nothing ever has in my life. Um, and it makes you appreciate all the good stuff. So uh, I just wrote a, a blog post, actually, about six reasons I'm thankful for cancer. Mm. <laughs> my friends were like rolling their eyes. Seriously? Yeah, actually, very seriously. Um, it's cleaned out a lot of cobwebs in my head and in my schedule. Um, I don't push myself as hard as I used to. And you might say, well, that's a negative. Oh, no. I pushed myself way too hard. Yeah, I think a lot of us do. I think, you know, and I, I think it's so interesting that you um, that you just mentioned that, the, the blog post that you just talked about. We just did an episode recently about um, gratitude and productivity. And I have come to believe, uh, you know, as I've gotten, I'll use your term, more mature. Yes, um, ma'am. <laughs> that in any situation... There is always something to be grateful for if we look for it. So I, 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 I'm inspired by your willingness to look at cancer and look for something in that to be grateful for. Oh, yeah. I actually consider it a gift. And I've said that to my audiences, and I see them kind of gasp. But, you know, if you're going to look at it as a curse... Well, that's a very negative thing to bear in your heart every day. But if you look at it as a gift and you begin to see the positive aspects, they really are there. Trust me, friends, they're there. And so, um, so that has, that has informed my, my, I think, definition of productivity. Um, I do have to be kinder to myself. Mm. Uh, and you know, most of us need that. We need to not be so hard on ourselves. We need to be kinder and say, you know, if this doesn't get done today, it's okay. In fact, if it doesn't get done this week, it's okay. Yeah. Actually, if it doesn't ever happen, hardly anyone will notice. And we we need to do that for ourselves because we are far harder on ourselves than anybody in our lives. Um, even if we had a parent or now have a spouse or a friend who tends to be uh, pushing us or, you know, so what did you get done today? That kind of conversation. Um, I think we're all much harder on ourselves than even that most harsh critic. And so um, part of the joy of being productive is letting go of the word unproductive. Mm, yeah. And and saying, you know, there everything matters. Everything matters. And, and by productive looking out the window at a gorgeous day and basking in it, that's productive. It really is. You may not have, quote, something to show for it, um, but it's very productive for the heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, that is very much part of making a life that matters, or it, it, it needs to be. The, the idea, 
I'm I'm a little bit on a mission. I'm to to kind of reframe what it means to be productive. And so I'm really glad that you said what you just did because um, we tend to think that taking a break is um, putting a pause on our productivity. And yet sometimes the most productive thing we can do is take a break and sit out on the porch and, you know, feel the sunlight on our face or, you know, go for a walk and and chat with a friend. Those kinds of things are productive in the best sense of of making a life that matters, not not just checking things off a to-do list, but a life worth living, a life that makes a difference for the people around us and um, that we can look back on at the end and and smile about. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't dwell on the end, though cancer does make you stop for a moment and think about it. Mm. Um, It also makes whatever time you have left. And after all, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Not a one. Um, I think it does make you say, "Okay, let's just say crazy that I have a year left. I don't. I'm I'm in great shape. It's going to be good. But if I had a year left, how would I most want to spend it? And that just makes me make better choices about what I do with my life, what I do with my calendar, how much time I spend um, alone and how much time I spend with other people. Um, I know that one of the reasons that that, uh, you and I connected today is because of a new book I have out based on the ancient book of Proverbs. Mm -hmm. But I've always loved Proverbs 27.1. It says, do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring. Man, is that the truth. That's just pure wisdom. When I first read it, I thought, well, who boasts about tomorrow? Well, actually, lots of us do. Sure. When I show my calendar to somebody, you know, it's like, wow, look at all I have to do. You have to ask yourself a question. Why would you do that? Is it not that you're sort of hoping to, let's be honest, impress them mm-hmm. with how important important you are and all the things you have to do. Um, And so, you know, we do in a sense boast about tomorrow. We certainly count on it. We think absolutely it's going to happen. We've got calendars filled with stuff for next week, next month, next year. Um, But you don't know what a day may bring. Okay, that it sounds a little ominous, but it's also you don't know what good news a day may bring. You have no idea what the next email, the next phone call, the next knock on the door might have on the other side of it. Amazing things, wonderful things that will suddenly change all your priorities up pretty quick. So um, it's it brings us back to kind of living. I don't mean in the moment as if tomorrow doesn't matter, but certainly embracing each moment for the joy that it offers. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's interesting, because as you were talking about that, I'm thinking, you know, where, where is the, um, I, I, I always hesitate to use the word balance, uh, because it's such a loaded term. But where is that, you know, there's that tension between living in the moment, appreciating the moment you're in, making the most of the moment you're in, recognizing that tomorrow is not guaranteed to us and yet also looking to the future and having, you know, hopes, dreams, goals, whatever for the future. Uh, you know, that's, there's that, that tension there. We don't, we don't, um, 
disregard the future as if it doesn't matter and and you know we can do whatever we want today cuz tomorrow you know we don't know if tomorrow's going to come or not <laughs> i mean that that's not what we're advocating here but certainly uh you know whether it's cancer or just becoming more aware as you get older uh, or whatever that that today matters this moment matters enjoy this moment not because we're afraid that tomorrow won't come, but because we realize time is precious. And, um, you know, every relationship we have calls for time and calls for appreciation today because we don't know what tomorrow might bring. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another, and and along that lines about the future, another Proverbs I've always loved is 31, uh, 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. Isn't that delicious? Mm. It's like best dressed. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. Mm. To me, that's the perfect way to look at the future. You're not living in it, and you're not afraid of it. You're smiling at it. It's Mm. like, it's going to be good. I can look ahead. I can lift up my head. I can smile at it. My feet are grounded in today, but I can smile at the future. But strength and dignity are her clothing. Um, I just love that. It's so visual and tactile. Um, You know, when you choose your clothes for the day to be thinking in terms of, okay, I've got this skirt on and this top, but what do I have on as a strength? And what do I wear that gives me dignity? And by that, I don't mean modest clothing, but... um, what is it? What face do I present to the world um, that is um, worthy, dignified? Yeah, I love that. So, so Liz, when we talk about staying productive, getting the things done from one day to the next that really matter to us, I think every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges with respect to that element of productivity. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life? You have, you know, things on your plate, you have your writing, you have speaking engagements to prepare for, you have chemo, you have a family that you care about. Um, what are the, what challenges do you face in managing all that and, and smiling at your future? Well, I think for all of us, and I maybe that's a grand sweep, but um, honestly, the temptations of the internet, and by temptations, I don't mean to do something untoward, just the time hog mm-hmm. that um, the internet can become, uh, it ever slows me down. And there are ways to deal with that. You know, um, I used to, uh, I've taken all my games off. <laughs> <laughs> no games on the laptop. There just aren't any there. If I have to play a game, I have to go find my phone, but I not on the laptop where the writing happens. Um, but in fact, I just heard a quote on Twitter yesterday, read a quote that was uh, writing is uh, 3% inspiration and 97% avoiding the temptations of the internet. Seriously, <laughs> it's true. Yes. Um, because um, we just, it's so easy to be distracted. Now, I will say that this has been true for every generation. You talk to your grandmother, she would tell you there were distractions for her. But perhaps nothing as 24-7 as the internet. Always available, even if your whole household is sleeping, you can get up with the best intentions of working on that book 
working on that project and and you'll get sucked into something online and all of a sudden an hour is gone. So uh, for productivity, for sheer getting stuff done, that is my biggest uh, stumbling block, as I say, as it is, I think, for so many of us. And so we just have to be strong. You know, we just have to say that can wait. I get to do that later. Maybe make it the carrot. You know, I get to watch, for example, Netflix, ever mm. a challenge and streaming. Oh, please. You know, it's when, when you got one after another and you can do a, a whole blitz of a, of a season and one. Oh, it's so dangerous. So for me, I have a wonderful elliptical machine uh, where the television is. So <laughs> if I want to watch that show, I better get on that elliptical because it's the only way I can make sure I get that that exercise time done and I, I make it a reward because I get to watch some show I'm enjoying. And so there, we're, there are games that we have to play with ourselves. There are rewards and, and punishments, as it were. Um, we do what we have to do, but we can't just throw up our hands and say, you know, there's no hope. <laughs> yes, there is. But it's going to happen because you make it happen. I don't think we've ever needed self-discipline in our lives more than we do now. Boy, I, you know, I was just smiling as you were talking about the internet and what it can do to us because this morning I woke up a little bleary eyed because I, I, uh, my husband and I had gone out and grabbed some dinner while we were running errands yesterday and we got to talking about how fun it would be to, uh, build a new home on our property here. What, what we would like to have in it. The home, the house we have here is, is pretty old and, um, and so instead of going to, well, I went to bed on time, but instead of going to sleep, as I should have, after I finished reading a chapter of a book that I'm reading through, I picked up my iPad mini and spent, I'm not even going to say how long I spent, um, <laughs> scrolling through Pinterest house plans yep. and uh, looking for the perfect you know, floor plan for mm-hmm. a new home. We're, we're not going to build a house right now. There was no reason I needed to stay up as late as I did last night, but I just got sucked into that. You know, the, the internet really brings the whole world onto your lap. And uh, that was kind of silly of me. Well, but we do it. We all do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for me, it would definitely be something that like that, isn't actually even going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if your architect was coming over this morning, I would give you, you know, you have a, a absolute uh, permission to do that. But yes, and yeah. this is what we do. And yet, okay, I'm going to come back on the other side of this. Did you enjoy that time? I did, yes. Okay, so it cost you a little sleep, but you probably had a good time with it. Sometimes our creative minds, we just need to explore that. You know, you needed to think about floor plans. I think you're very brave. I've always lived in old, old houses because I don't have the nerve to lay out a new house. It's <laughs> the very thought of it scares me to death. Trying to make the, all those decisions. They're just endless decisions. But, um, but you know, if you had fun doing it um, and you can catch up on the lost sleep tonight, sometimes we just have to say, you know what, that was kind of fun. It was a little off schedule, not the smartest thing I've ever done, but it was kind of fun. And I got a couple ideas. Yeah. And it's okay. It's just okay. Like I said, we can't be so hard on ourselves. Um, If it was fun. Now, if you did something you didn't actually enjoy, then I'm afraid you're up to your own (laughs) own devices there. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's so true. I mean, we don't have to you're right. We don't have to fill every moment with, you know, 
productive, and I'm using air quotes, activity. It's okay to do something just for fun. And, you know, if you're willing to pay the price, as I will today, and and uh, I'm, I'm hoping for a nap later today. <laughs> so. And I am all about nap permission. We have to give ourselves nap permission at any age. Yeah. When I was a young mother, um, you know, I quickly learned the value of it. The kids lay down for a nap. I did, too. Um, and as I mature, uh, naps are very cool. Naps mm-hmm. are, are a great way to recharge for the day and make you, in fact, more productive. Absolutely. So, you know, let's get into the maybe the logistics a little bit of how you manage your life. Are there any uh, particular tools you like or resources you recommend for managing your time, your your to-dos, whatever? Are you you know, paper and pencil. Go- you mentioned your Word document. What do you, <laughs> what, you obviously, you have a calendar, a lot of commitments, whether it's the speaking, the writing, the, the, you know, the chemo, the various things that you do. What do you use for a calendar to manage all that? Well, at, at, it is a Word doc. There is no physical calendar. There's no, um, you know, system. Uh, it's just a flowing document of about, Oh, I'm ridiculous, like 20 pages in length. Um, but if I ever need it, for some reason, uh, I can print off a couple of days worth or, or whatever. But um, as I say, I do use color coding uh, just for myself. You know, red things are speeches and, and green things are writing and that kind of thing. Um, and boldface for the stuff that can't come off the schedule, however much I might like it to. Um Beyond that, I've found that, uh, back to the internet thing, this is something 10 years ago we didn't even need to think about. But for me, as a writer and a speaker, I need to reach out to my wonderful readers and and audiences. And so I do that on Facebook and Twitter. I'm also on Pinterest. uh, But Pinterest, honest to Pete, is just way too dangerous for me. So um, I limit my Pinterest time. Uh, I've had fun over the years uh, creating various Pinterest um, uh, what boards? Board. Sorry, I lost the word for a minute. Uh, Pinterest boards for all of my bad girls of the Bible. The book I'm probably best known for, million seller, is Bad Girls of the Bible. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy career mark, but there it is. Uh, and so all of my bad girls, my really bad girls, and my slightly bad girls of the Bible have their own Pinterest board as if they live today. So it's like, what would Jezebel's ride be? And what kind of house would she live in? And, you know, what would her birthday cake look like? Oh, I had so much fun and spent untold hours on Pinterest creating those. So if you like to be amused, please check it out, pinterest.com slash Liz Curtis Higgs. But, um, but every day I'm on Facebook and Twitter about five times a day, five posts a day. So I use Hootsuite to be able to put up a whole week of Twitter at a, at a whack. So mm-hmm. I'm not having to get on there and get on there and get on there. I throw it all up at once. Um, and then a couple times a day I jump on, you know, to see if people are reaching out to me, make comments, do whatever, make sure I'm on top of the news. Um, but it, it's a way for me to stay in touch, but get it all done at once. With Facebook, I create my posts for a week at a time. And of course, on a on a Facebook page versus your Facebook personal profile. On a Facebook page, you can uh, load up your posts in advance. So I load up a week in advance. And so again, 3 a.m. every day, that post is going to go live, whether I'm sleeping, traveling, speaking, whatever I'm doing, I don't have to think about it. 
So that keeps my social media alive. And again, I'm popping on there, checking with people, having conversations, all of that. Um, I try not to uh, overcheck email, uh, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. But that I'm unless I'm looking for something for somebody from someone, um, you know, I just do everything I can not to live online uh, and to get be organized about my tasks there so that I can get on to writing, uh, communicating in other ways. And so do you have, um, do you block out time for your writing? You mentioned that your, you know, Monday through Thursday is kind of your home other than when you've got outside commitments. Do you block out certain hours of the day for writing and, and focus on that certain times for your social media thing or how, how do you organize the day? Yeah. Great question. Um, Sunday afternoon is my social media stuff. Um, it just, you know, it's a nice quiet, uh, afternoon and I can sit down and get everything done for the week there. Um, at writing, um, I I have to tell you what it used to be and what it is now. It used to be that I worked with a physical calendar, like on the wall kind of calendar, and I put a big W on writing days, a big W so big it covered the whole square, and I would not let myself put anything else on that day, not a haircut, not a doctor appointment, not anything on a W day, not lunch with a friend. If somebody called and said, are you free Monday? And I looked and it was a W day. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That's a writing day. That's how I wrote 37 books because <laughs> you're not going to get them done otherwise. Sadly, um, I am not nearly as good about sticking to that anymore. Maybe I need to go back to the wall calendar just for that reason. <laughs> Uh, but I do find that I write best in the morning. If I can get to the writing first, I'm then I'm in it and I'm excited about it and I'm working. Um, I love to get a jump start on the day into writing. Um, and so and I write and write and write until the rest of the world makes its demands. Um, but I uh, I know about how many writing true writing days it takes to write a book. For me, that's about 100 writing days. Um, and that means really full eight, 10 hour days of writing. Um, so I have to plan that out. If I've got a book due, and I do April 30th, um, I've got a, you know, back plan from them right on my calendar, you know, April 30th says send to editor. <laughs> so I've got to back up and block out all those writing days, those W days. Um, and they can't be a travel day because I know for a fact I won't get too much writing when I'm on the road. Um, so you, you know, those hundred days sounds like a pretty quick turnaround, but the truth is it takes six months to make those hundred days happen. Sure. Because most of, most people are not going to be able to simply block out a hundred consecutive days to devote <laughs> to happened. one project. <laughs> and so knowing, I guess the nice thing about having written as many books as you have, you know, what your, uh, what your work process is, you know, how much time you take. And that I would think makes it a little easier to, to do that planning process and look at, okay, I've got these other things. I've got this speaking gig, I've got this event. And so here's, here's where I need to start to get my hundred days in. That's right. And they're numbered on my calendar in a countdown fashion. And I know how many words I have to write each day to make it all work. Hmm. Um, the problem is if you miss a day, then the next day you have to write twice as many words. 
And that can really stack up after a while. Till, toward the end, it's like, oh, I have to write 30,000 words today. <laughs> well, that won't be happening. Aren't you optimistic? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so I have to be careful not to measure uh, – There, here's your productive word again – some days I don't get a lot of words written, like maybe only 500 or 750, but they're, they're good words, if you know what I mean. They, mm-hmm. they, they moved a scene forward if I'm writing fiction or they, I tackled a tough, chewy part of what I'm writing about in a nonfiction book. I got through something that I wasn't sure I could and I did. So I try not to beat myself up about those word counts, but you have to have a goal. Yeah. You're never going to hit anything if you don't have some kind of goal. So if 500 words a day for 100 days, that, that gets me a book. Uh, in fiction, though, uh, it has to be 1,000 words a day to make that work. Um, so, But fiction is storytelling is so much fun. Yes. <laughs> you're, not, you're not tied to things like, oh, I don't know. Facts. Facts. Yes. Pesky little things that they are. Well, you, okay. You just, you made a statement that I think is, is a great, um, raises a question for me. You talked about needing a goal and having that target to shoot at. Uh, we're recording this toward the end of 2017, but it'll be, folks will be listening to it right after the beginning of the new year. Do you ha- have, um, do you follow any particular planning or goal setting routine for the beginning of a new year? Uh, or do you have any process like that where you are, you know, looking at your, uh, your, your future, the coming year and, and what you have in mind? Some people do, some people don't. I'm just curious about what your approach is. Oh yeah. I've always, I'm always thinking about what the next, what the next year is going to hold. I love if there's something new, something uh, that I haven't done before that I'm going to get to do in the new year. Um, And I've got two things in 2018. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, And as I think I mentioned earlier, uh, it's my 25th year as a published writer. And so each month of the year, I'm going to be featuring one of my nonfiction books that's uh, still in print. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, And so, um, yeah, and this is about when you and I are speaking month of November, this is when I do that Hmm. before the holidays, but the speaking is beginning to wind down. And I, you know, part of it is you're doing Thanksgiving, which for me is far more than one day full of Turkey. Um, For, for Facebook this month, I had stuff about being thankful every single day of November um, and it's that gratitude piece and that the year is winding down and you start thinking about, okay, 2018. Sometimes I have a word for the year. Sometimes I have a verse for the year. Um, and I always, as I want to have something new in the calendar. Um, uh, and by that, not a single event, but something kind of overarching for the year that I'm going to try that's new. Um, and then, uh, and then that openness, that openness to something coming I hadn't expected. Mm. Um, of course, for 2018, I'm looking real forward to um, that visit to the doctor where they do the CAT scan and say, cancer-free. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. There's nothing I can do about that. All I can do is what I'm supposed to do, do the chemo, eat the right foods, take your pills, vitamins, exercise, all the stuff we can do. I cannot, however, truly affect that outcome. And so I have to let go of it. I have to trust the outcome to the one who loves me and say, you know what, it's whatever it is, it's going to be good. 
we'll figure it out yeah. uh, and let go of that. And so, um, so that's, that's what 2018 is going to hold for Lizzie. And I, I love a new year. I'm just, you know, January one is a very exciting day to me. Yeah. Well, you know, Liz, as we're, as we're kind of winding down, um, I, I'm thinking about the things that you've said, the approach that you take to life and, and, um, your faith informs that you trust your future to God and, and, um, you have your plans, your ways of doing things, your routines, the tools that you use uh, that works for you. And you, you know, you, you work towards smiling at the future, but even with the systems that you have in place, the, the approach you have to life, do you, ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Well, of course I do. Only a crazy person would never have a bad day. (laughs) Wow. I don't want to know that person, actually. Um, You bet. And um, I'm really excited to say, at least in this cancer journey, it's only happened two days. Mm. (laughs) And they were bad days. And one of them was entirely my own fault because I went on Dr. Google and typed in my very specific cancer diagnosis. Folks, don't ever do that. (laughs) It's just, you'll make yourself crazy. You know, you've got some little odd symptom and you decide you're going to look it up. Oh my goodness. You know, it'll tell you you'll be dead in five days. But I did. I looked up my very specific unusual cancer, and um, that was not smart because the internet gave me nothing but bad news. Mm. It's very, very good at that. Uh, And I reached out to my husband. He was not home at the time, couldn't get a hold of him. Um, And so I just sat here and stewed in my misery. Um, and you know, the worst case scenario, the worst possible, everything, how long I would have to live, how likely it would be to come back, etc. Um, I actually think in retrospect that that was, even that was a gift to me that I couldn't reach my husband, that I couldn't, you know, go through the whole gnashing of teeth with another person because I finally had to actually talk to God about it mm-hmm. <laughs> and say, Lord, I'm alone here. And I got my, Liz, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. I am with you always. Lean on me for this. This isn't something you can work up the strength to handle yourself. Lean on me. Please, Liz, lean on me. And I did. And that really set me free. And I, you know, I've believed in God for 35 years. Uh, the whole of my writing speaking career, because I write and speak about him, it's, you know, it's all kind of dovetails together. Um, but it's amazing how uh, not until I was pushed up against something really hard did I understand the beauty of and the security of faith. I finally, finally got it, Laura. And so it's one of the reasons why to me cancer was a gift because um, that faith I've walked in has now been tested and tried and it it holds it does hold. And so, um, so for any of those bad days, whether they're self-inflicted like my day on Google or whether hardships come, things you didn't want, expect, or ask for come dumping on your head. Um, it's a time for us, I think, to go deep, to go to the deepest things we believe, the deepest truths that we've hidden inside our hearts and decide, do I really believe them? And if I do, can I hang on to them? and press forward. Mm. Uh, 
a really encouraging approach, a really good reminder. I, th- I thank you for that. Um, I think that's uh, something I needed to hear today. So thank you for that. Um, Liz, what's on the horizon for you? You have a new book out as we're, uh, as we're talking. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. 31 Proverbs to Light Your Path. You know, it's so fun for me because I finished this book in about May and sent it off to the printers, all that, uh, with Waterbrook, a division of Random House, beautiful people, um, and then was diagnosed in June. And so what made me laugh about this is nothing could have prepared me more for this new direction in my life, like studying these 31 Proverbs, because so many of them were about planning for tomorrow, thinking ahead. Mm. Um, and so I I had to do all of that research, both book research, but also heart research. Uh, and it really prepared me for this new path that I didn't know I was going to need the light for. Uh, and I, by the way, I gathered these. Um, they're not Lizzie's favorite 31 Proverbs. Um, I did a series of blog posts on favorite Proverbs, asking my wonderful followers, readers, um, subscribers to to tell me their favorite proverb. These proverbs have been around for about 3,000 years, uh, and so they have stood the test of time and speak across faiths and across, really, so many cultural differences. Um, and so these are 30 of them. I'll confess one is my personal favorite, but 30 <laughs> of them were chosen by my readers. Uh, and I love that, Laura, because if I had picked the 31 they all would have been happy, 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 positive, upbeat. That's just my nature. Instead, um, they chose some some challenging ones, and I needed that. I needed to know that that people take these things seriously. That they that they are willing to wrestle with difficult things. Um, and I also I needed to to ask myself some hard questions, and so I'm grateful that I got to do that. But some of them just are so timeless. Look at this one. Proverbs 16, 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. And don't we all know that to be true? Yeah. You know, in the end, money doesn't actually add to your joy, and it certainly doesn't add to your wisdom. Uh, In fact, it adds to your troubles many times. Some of the richest people, when you look at their lives, they're miserable. And so, um, you know, so we know that, that these truths are are real. Um, but this one, Proverbs uh, 14.1, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Well, that's a sad truth. Yeah. A very sad truth and worth considering. What am I doing to build up my household? And that's true whether you're married or single, you've got a household. Uh, and what am I doing to tear it down? And which which direction do I want to be going? Um, so it's been a, a journey to write this book because it taught me, as it turned out, everything I needed to know as I ventured down a new path. So um, I'm grateful, always grateful. When you write a book, it is first for you. And it does. I'm not saying that to be selfish. But if you don't learn anything, how in the world will your readers? Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, so first it has to be, I need to learn something and I need to work hard at it. And maybe at the other end of the thing, I'll have learned something worth sharing. Um, but as you wisely do in your podcast, I never even remotely pretend to have all the answers. Um, I'm just invite readers to come with me on the journey. 
Yeah, and I have been enjoying reading the book, and I know uh, so listeners who want to check it out can get it at I think all the usual outlets at their local bookstores on Amazon, the various places. I'll put some links in the show notes for this. Liz, where where can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about what you're doing, if they want to enjoy your you know your 25th uh, anniversary gala celebration in 2018. <laughs> how how can folks connect with you online? Oh, easiest way, of course, the website, LizCurtisHiggs.com, uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Vimeo and uh, YouTube and all of those. You just type in that forward slash Liz Curtis Higgs after the name of the website and it's going to get you to me. Um, and truly, Facebook is almost the best way because I monitor that more than any of the others. And I do respond. I personally respond to people who ask a question, make a comment. Um, it's my delight to do that because um, I love to be accessible as much as I can be. So good place to connect. Wonderful. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so folks uh, who want to check that out can do so. Uh, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Let me ask you this before we go. Um, you, you've given, you've shared a lot of great ideas, a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom. Do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for help, uh, maybe a little encouragement in getting things done and making a life that matters? Any, any last thoughts for that person? Bottom line is always the people in your life, not the things in your life, not the tasks in your life, but the people in your life. And so if you have a choice between doing a task or spending time with a person, now sometimes luckily you can figure out a way to do the task with the person. Mm -hmm. But if it comes down to it, people matter most. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much, Liz, for taking the time to talk with me for the benefit of all of us in the Productive Woman community. My absolute delight. Thank you. I am so thankful to Liz for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her busy life, the guiding principles she follows, but also for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us, things that we can maybe incorporate into our life to be a little more productive, a little more at peace. Um, be sure to visit her website at LizCurtisHiggs.com if you'd like to learn more about her and what she's up to. But in the meantime, what do you think? Uh, were, was there anything we talked about that sparked any ideas in you or any questions that you had? Any comments on the, the topics that we covered? I would love to hear from you. I know Liz would as well. So you can share your questions or your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which again, you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 174. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or even better, if you're a woman who listens to this show, uh, join us in the Productive Woman Community uh, Facebook group and post a comment there. Ask a question. Let's have a conversation there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or you can leave a voice message on the website. There's a button you can click there to leave a voice message and, and uh, just do that on your phone or your computer. And I'd love to hear it. 
Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks. They're offering that 30-day unrestricted free trial to Productive Woman listeners. To claim it, you just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and be sure to enter the Productive Woman in their How Did You Hear About Us section. Uh, Let me know what you think after you've given it a try. And thank you so much to FreshBooks for supporting the Productive Woman. And that really is it for this episode of the Productive Woman Podcast. Thank you for spending this time with me and with Liz. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. I hope you found something in this episode that inspired or encouraged you or is helpful and you can put into practice in your own life. Um, Let me know if that's the case. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.